Well, it's the dynamic duo, we'll be back again. Nothing back with DJ, you better pack it in. You're lacking sense, trying to tangle with us. Scoop of a big black booty's in the back of the bus to smack you. You're stealing your lunch, money to search. Ready to feel like just a touch. Only by the end of the day, that's understandable. What can I say? You got strong man to be. Mind, mind, Well, not, not exactly the best week to come back and talk basketball. <laughs> not, not a whole bunch of uh, positivity and light. What? Uh, what? Can, can you, you between your owner getting a, essentially getting away with the sort of behaviour that would get him run out of any Fortune 500 company, uh, as long as he wasn't the owner, uh, to alleged all-star Kyrie Irving posting some of Alex Jones' um, underground hits from very early in his career. It's very hipster, very Kyrie of him to be posting shit from 2002 and not, you know, his, his, uh, his later more commercial stuff like Sandy Hook was an inside job sort of shit. It, it just the nets just are cursed, aren't they? Like, I had they're the, cursed I had because the they didn't. They they tried to abandon their roots as the New Jersey Swamp Dragons, as as Zach Lowe <laughs> always right. points out. They should have just owned it, and, and they're running from their past, and, and they'll be forever cursed as a result. It, it would be really funny if someone convinced ownership to let them run like a you know the Swamp Dragons as an alternate jersey and all of a sudden their fortunes changed yeah. how happy would Zach be he's like I told you yeah. I told you guys I mean dragons uh, are so it, on brand now yeah House that's of the Swamp right. Dragons. Yeah, like that's right you, you think of all the crossovers you could do well you probably could, in a PG times like probably not so many you know your genital mutilation and you know all, all the other kind of stuff that they these <laughs> fucking nerds love uh, I did. I did love the justification that the producers came up with for, for the amount of rape and violence in that is that they wanted to keep it uh, realistic for the time period. What fucking time, <laughs> time period? period? <laughs> That's like the like the flip side of that is the all the people banging on about hobbits not being black. And it's, it's like, like you what fucking there time period? <laughs> yes, complaining about the Little Mermaid being black. Like what? What? Stop showing yeah, your ass, you racist fuckwits! <laughs> The, the the guy that straight faced said, you know, down under the sea that far, you wouldn't have black skin because there was no sun. <laughs> I was just like, oh my god, America really is decaying. It, it it's 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 there's not much hope. For I it mean, it's decayed. Shut it down. It's it's half life. Is it's it's well through the decay cycle. Look, the balls episode whatever this number of this is three three eight. I think I make it. I'm Doc Bezo. There was some really cool basketball stuff since last time we talked. There was um, that Becky tournament Harman. I can't watch. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Be- Becky Harmon absolutely coaching her ass off. I don't know if you saw the the cool thing about the WNBA is they, you know, because they need as much content as they can, mic up the the coaching huddles, which I yeah. just love. I love like as a you know as a coach and as a for- as an old NBL fan because they they used to do this. They've done this for decades in the NBL. Well, I, yeah, I was going to say it's it's still in the NBL, isn't it? Because there was yeah. that one of Brian Gorgian absolutely giving it to the Illawarra guys about, um, you know, making sure they set a set a screen hard enough, and all the all the hardened NBA writers were like, "Oh, this brings a tear to my eye." <laughs> 
Um, oh, during yeah. that 15 minutes while uh, they were watching NBL games because LaMelo was playing there, yeah. Um, like, Harmon just absolutely running these beautiful, you know, out-of-bounds plays, one to get the superstar open and one to, to use the superstars as decoys. But, you know, one I think one was to tie the game and one was to send it to overtime and one was the go-ahead sort of shot. And it's just, man, you just, how does she not have an NBA job is the question. I, I realise that the Aces job is not exactly a, um, like, there's a strong, you know, would you rather have the Knicks job or the Aces job sort I, I of vibe? Like- the Aces gig is a lot. Was a lot more calm since uh, Elizabeth Combage moved on to the Sparks and then moved on, just moved on, yeah, moved on to well, making up better stories about what why she did or didn't racially vilify players from Nigeria. Yeah, it's it's funny how a forty year old um, ex star is being like brought back into the Opals for you know to reinvigorate their culture and chemistry. I thought and, like, talking about not- me. I was going to correct my 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 actually forty four. <laughs> And Actually, she's Lauren exactly Jackson, what. I think, is 41. Like, she's freaking Valentino she, Rossi age. She is definitely not washed, though. She, she's no. still an absolute weapon. Um, Yeah, so I've, I've enjoyed the WOPA, but uh, the Suns, not so much, though at least the number two owner. Mm, yeah, you know, the, the, the minority owner, um, who is both owns a minority, the biggest minority share, and is a minority himself. Uh, yeah. Basically, just writing a long open letter to all the Suns employees, basically saying this is untenable. This would get you thrown out of any company that you didn't own. Um, he needs to resign, uh, which is basically a pointless act because it's not going to achieve anything other than making his position untenable. Which means he gets to sell out uh, at an ex- at the very top of the market uh, yeah. and and make a lot of money. I'm not saying he's doing it for that reason, but I mean either he gets Sarver out of there or he gets a huge payout. Uh, I I don't think Sava can just kick him out though, Kenny. No, like, he's going to buy actually, him out at an extremely actually, high high rate. Yeah, yeah, he he would actually have to agree to sell his part in the team. What what I what what I sort of came to though was I think the NBA is setting itself up for a live golf type situation where if it gets to the point where LeBron, Chris Paul, and Co just go, do we actually really need these fuckers? You know, do, do we need Tillman Frittata? Do we need Robert Sava to to make this work? Maybe, maybe we don't. Maybe we. Yeah, take- but they need somebody. And do you think buddying up with the fucking Saudis is going to be any better? No, but it might not be the Saudis. It might be Apple. No, there'll be Amazon. nobody. There'll be nobody else with the amount of money, with that yeah. amount of money. And and look, looking like, at what Amazon did with their um, Thursday night football thing, they are very interested in making as much money as possible out of out of Thursday night football and out of the NFL. That's their thing. Yeah, they, right. they know that's where the money is. Um, and, and, uh, the ambition is going to be to use the money multiplying effect of football, NFL and college, and uh, it's just going to leave basketball in the dust domestically. Internationally, that's a different story. Yeah, well, and that's just but just try and break that very gently to Ethan Sherwood Strauss, who's not quite across the idea that the rest of the world exists and uh, well, is worth more money to the NBA than any of the domestic shit. Here reminds me of TV people talking about the Emmys or movie people talking about the Oscars from like twenty years ago, and not realizing that the market is so fractured and so different now. Like I was listening to some guys talk about the Emmys this week, and they're basically like. A, there's just too many, too many, too much good TV to actually 
like give everyone an award and be half of the shit doesn't fit into any of these categories anymore because these categories were built for network television and then for three cable you know three three or four big cable companies and now the market is so fractured into all these streamers and tv companies and some legacy cable companies and this fucking investment firm owns this fucking streaming service and that's a little bit like what what uh basketball is like it's it was a domestic product but look at the look at the power of the or not the power but look at the strength of the european championships where you know jokic donkic and uh what was the other team that got uh kicked out that was another one of the favourites. Like basically three. I of the wouldn't know because all- they couldn't get their shit together to have a New Zealand broadcast deal. Or if they did, the New Zealand broadcaster couldn't be out showing it. Like, like Poland beat, you know, beat, beat Slovenia. I think Germany. Oh, for, like for Franz Wagner is basically the only sort of big-ish name, and like he's not even a, you know, he, on the he's Germans or on the on the on the Polish. I thought he was a German. No, I don't know who the Polish stars are, but Fr- Franz is with the Martian Gortat is the only Polish. The Polish rifle is the only Polish player I can think of. And I'm sure he must have retired by now. They must have a lot of dudes who play in Greece or something. But yeah, Franz Wagner and, and Dennis Schroeder are probably are all that the Germans have. <laughs> the HP Basketball said if it's German Germany versus Poland in the gold medal game, I want Uh-oh. a Manning style commentary from a from a drunk J- D- Dirk and Gortat just sitting there. <laughs> well, those two. I-, I wonder what I mean. Dirk's allegiances might be a little bit confused because uh, Nowitzki is uh, is an extremely Polish name. Yeah, uh, I think J.C. Slaughter is Poland's best best player. So that's actually in, a real in between dropping player. hot mixtapes. Oh, Giannis is the other player that got eliminated. That's all right. Greece. Greece well, I wonder why, because there's Giannis and there's literally nobody else. It's like LeBron's Giannis. 2000s fucking Cavs teams. Yeah, but that, isn't that the point, though, that that you would have thought once upon a time a, a player of Giannis's stature going and playing Eurobasket or Jokic or Donkic would just immediately make them almost a prohibitive favourite to win, and all three of them are gone because – they need like to get home this. and get on with their uh, pre- their preseason. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, they need to get on and enjoy their holidays. That, I think their teams are delighted that they're coming home. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, no doubt. But I think it's more that uh, th- those teams are pretty strong, and a little bit like just having one superstar in the NBA is not going to win you a chip. But t- well, I think it's-, it's also that you know, if you, if you've got one superstar who plays in the NBA and the rest of the team play in Europe in Euroleague. Yeah. How are they going to integrate with that one great player? I mean, it's the same the same sort of problem as when Australia would have a couple of, you know, European superstars on its soccer team, and then you know yeah. the rest of them would all, be playing domestically. Domestic, yeah. It's like how do you integrate the people who you don't see more than, you know, once or twice a year in some sort of, one sort of camp or something? Yeah, that's like I, I've even found that with the Philippines. It's like how do you build not. Not chemistry and chemistry as in playing well together. Uh, not chemistry as like being, you know, being a good team and hanging out together, but chemistry as like, oh, you've got a big right step. So, you know, I'm going to feed off that. Like the, all those little things instinctively take a lot of time. And yeah. like you said, if, you, if you're never playing with those guys or if there's not those two, three, two or three player combinations on the same club, which is mm-hmm. why I've always wanted. Some sort of Australian billionaire to like 
by the Sacramento Kings and stack all the Australian players on one NBA side. So speaking, they got used speaking to of teams here. that have problems with their minority owners, uh, <laughs> that, that was always the one where they. I mean, Vivek himself is a, is a minority. It's less than 50 percent. So it's yeah. it is it's a shambles of minority owners, and that's part of the reason it's it's such a backbiting shit fight. But uh, keep in mind what you're asking. You're asking for an Australian billionaire to do something. Keep in, who who are the Australian billionaires you could name? And can you tell me if any of them aren't cunts? Well, the only one I can think of is James Packer, and I wouldn't want him in charge Sorry? of any of our players. <laughs> Sorry, did I did I did I not make the selection criteria strong enough? Uh, you can have Gina, Twiggy, yeah, any of the Murdochs if they want to pretend to be Australian for fifteen minutes. Yeah, they're not Australian there. Uh, yep. Ru- no. Does Russell Crowe have enough money to do this? <laughs> um. Well, I, I think this this week is a, a, an excellent summation of the theory that rich people are just cunts. <laughs> like, well, like the the, the it, fact it, that the it's, fact it's that unlikely for them not to be. I feel like it's a self selecting criteria. I mean, if you've got a, in order to get a certain amount of money, you have to have a certain lack of humanity. Because all your I mean, there's no billionaire who's or even multimillionaire who's made any made any of that money without having to fuck people over. It's not possible to accrue that amount of capital without fucking people over, without using them, uh, or just generally ma- ma- um, manipulating or um, harvesting organs or just general bad things. Actually, there is that guy, the guy who. Um Owned Altassian and wanted to buy one of the energy companies in New South Wales and and you know turn all its coal off and and go all green energy and basically make, got make a lot of people unemployed. I'm sure that would go really well. Yeah, look, I, I'm I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure he would have got milkshake ducks oh, pretty quickly. Oh, Jer- Jerry Jerry Harvey, you know, oh great guy, yes, <laughs> great guy, <laughs> pleasure to work with. Oh, dear. Uh, I'm scrolling. Look, he's single-handedly propping up the newspaper industry, so. Lindsay Fox is, you know, I think been, um, yes, has has ties to Carlton. That's about all you (laughs) I don't know whether having ties to Carlton is on the same tier as as Twiggy Forrest's long history of, of all the things that Twiggy Forrest has a long history of, including legal action. Um, Yeah. Lindsay, I mean, they, they owns Phillip Island. That's something. I played a lot of money into that joint. Oh, uh, dear. Um, yeah, it, it it just wasn't. Like, the fact that the rest of the NBA's owners just went, yeah, we're not that keen for you to actually do anything serious. Because- no, Mike Cuban is like, oh, it's a slippery slope. I'm like, that's not that slippery, mate. Yeah, you know, it's just it's just that you don't want to be called to account for all the terrible shit that's going on in your organisation. I Look, it's hard to have sympathy for Silver, but Silver just straight out saying that the rich owners are not like the rules are different for the rich owners compared to everybody else in the league, and then trying to wind it back afterwards. It's like, man, I would not want your job. But it's true. I think he almost it's wanted true. to say That's- it. he wanted to say it so then he could backpedal on it. But as long as it had been said in the first place, but like in court, sometimes you'll say something and then be required to withdraw it. But yeah. it's already you've already said it into the it's- put it into the ears of the fucking of the jury, so uh, it can't be unheard. And it's true. I mean, it, the players can't be naive about this. 
the people who own the train set get to make the rules about you know who gets to who gets to get away with fare evasion. The like to, to be serious. The the, the sad thing is what we weren't, we weren't ever about, serious. <laughs> the the sad thing is hearing the stories about people that like legitimately came and worked for the Suns because they wanted to be in that industry. You know, they wanted to be in sports and feel that sort of power of of being on a you know being part of a team and trying to win a championship and have since left sports all to, you know professional team sports altogether and are going and doing something completely different because the the experience with Sava was that demoralizing that you know they couldn't even go and work for you know the the Celtics or or, or a reasonably run organization they were just like no I I can't I can't stay in this I can't stay in this framework anymore. You like, just described eighty percent of the people's experience who go and work in research science. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. <laughs> I think eighty percent is probably a bit low. But no, anyway. I was just thinking the PhD students specifically. <laughs> um, I, I hope it has a happier ending, but I, I don't know. Don't know. Yeah. Well, um, just to, just to lift the mood further, R.O.P. Jonathan Charks. Mm. Probably. Like when when I thought the ringer was getting very hot takey with their podcast and their writing, and he sort of cut through. He was this yeah. real dry, analytical, but he had this inquisitiveness that um, he was just one of those guys that wanted to know shit. Like he yeah. really was. He re- he didn't care who he talked to. He would talk to the you know he would talk a look to Luca or he would talk to the last assistant coach on the bench, you know, he just wanted to know that that was, that was the real thing about him. And like hearing everybody talk about him and, and that he would talk to any writer, any blogger, high, low, medium, and, and would just give you your full attention. It was like, you know, if he was talking to some lowly staffer and Luca walked past and said, hi, like he wouldn't just, you know, drop you and go and talk to Luca. He, he was talking to you. So he talked to you and, um, he he will really be missed, I think, in, in just like he was a little bit like I can remember when Zach Lowe first started and you're just like, I, I just want to listen and, and read everything that this guy has to say about basketball and Chucks was a bit like that for me. He was certainly the best guy they had and uh, he'll be missed at that joint. He'll be missed in waves hand in the general direction of all of NBA journalisms. And, and you could see too, like, you know, that uh, it, it just makes me sad that um, the American system is so broken that you have to have a GoFundMe for a guy that died at 33. But the fact that, like, they were hoping to raise 50 grand for his family, and I think it's over 350 at the moment, um, is just an indictment to the fact that you know, because I, I bet you that's that's not like 250 grand from some you know someone with lots of money from from like what Bill I Simmons. understand. Well, yeah, I, I might, I might be being I, I, unreasonable I, I, there, but yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think I, I think those guys. I, I don't know if you listen to the the, the one that they had where they. I don't uh, listen to any green blog podcast anymore. I think they haven't I done think for he years. Was pretty pretty well loved and pretty well looked after there, but I think it's just his reputation around the league. Like the the, the guy was everybody knew him from, from the sounds of it. Like. You know, from every different publication, as as every podcast I've listened to this week has started out with, you know, a couple of minutes about him. So, yeah. Oh, I haven't got up to them. 
the podcast of that because I'm, I'm about, about half a week behind. I'm just currently getting through the Monday night football ones uh, as we hit Thursday night football. Mm. So hey. that makes me think that the Kyrie's are, uh, like Alex Jones things was a desperate attempt to attract him. Just relevance deprivation, seeing that everyone in the world, everyone on American sporting Twitter was talking about uh, Chiefs versus Chargers rather than him. Even fucking KD was tweeting about the wide receivers of the of the Chiefs and the or the Chargers or whatever. I think it was I think it was the Chargers wide receiver. It would be fascinating to listen to Kyrie and KD talk. Like, do you reckon Kyrie? No, just- no. I think it would be like you know sometimes you know you'd sitting around in a shed like three in the morning, everyone's drunk or stoned, and you have to listen to the most stoned person talking to the most drunk person. And having conversations that neither of them actually intersect with each other, but both of them think they're being really profound. I think it'll be a lot like that. I think you'd basically want to club yourself over the head with an empty bottle of fucking Brown Douglas and go go and sleep in a beanbag. I, I did like um this week. Uh, Twenty two goals did. Uh, like you'd probably know this guy much better than I am. But is it Marco Tadelli, the Italian goalkeeper uh, midfielder from? The, the 82 World Cup team. 82? Tardelli was one of the 82 World Cup team. It was what, what, whatever it was, it was the, the year that they, they – it must have been 82 because it was yeah. like there was match fi- match fi- yeah, fixing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Paolo Rossi got the- set down for a while because he was match fixing and, yeah, Tardelli. Um, and, and, like, the, they didn't start well in the World Cup but ended up winning. In the ironically named goal. Claudio Gentili, who was about as gentle as having your genitals fed to a fucking wheat thresher. And so um, Phillips is telling this story about Tardelli not being able to sleep before before games and used to stay up all night just talking tactics and- Oh, yeah. And he just just, general, gen- his roommates general- fucking hated him. Yeah, so they ended up ended up giving you- He got his own room just so yes. he wouldn't keep anyone else awake. And then at four o'clock, he'd just walk around knocking on doors, trying to find someone to break the game down. Have a yarn with, yes. I have heard that story before. I think I heard it on- um- Golazzo, which is a which is a, a, a occasional Italian football podcast with uh, James Richardson and Gab Marcotti and James Horncastle from the Athletic, uh, it's fucking tremendous. If you love old Italian football stories, um, it, it, it's 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 kind of in recess, I think, because I think Gab Marcotti's um, asking fee has gone up quite a lot. <laughs> also, because ESPN don't love their people appearing on other people's podcasts on the reg, yeah. and Marcotti is mostly signed to ESPN, so that's a shame. But um, although they, although um, uh, Julian Laurence, who's also ESPN, appears on the Athletic quite regularly as well, but then again, he's a bit more freelance. This has been your moment in European football television coverage. Um, we should also add that uh, the new owner of Chelsea is making is basically proving every fucking cliche about clueless Americans buying European sports teams and then trying to impose the worst of American sports on them. Um, he saw kind of Ted Lasso's portrayal of fucking clueless seppos not understanding <laughs> shit about what they're actually doing and said, you are tiny baby, watch this. He has proposed uh, that what the Premier League really needs is a North versus South all-star game. Oh, my God. Um Quite how this would work, why this would work, why anyone would care, who would subsidise the players for the knee, the knee ligament injuries, and all the rest of that sort of shit. I mean, there are already there is no need for an all star game when international football fucking exists, exists which it doesn't in the American at, context. 
And and the all-star game in the American context doesn't really work. No, absolutely not. Even in basketball, which is the only sport where it actually seems to matter, it doesn't matter until like the last five minutes. Um, And this came in the same week where he, he basically fired the coach who'd kind of helped him through the process because he basically he buys the team, fires all of Robin Abramovich's fucking front office, makes himself the sporting director, and is constantly pestering the manager, Tuchel, to help him with the front office stuff, even though Tuchel's one gig is that I don't do front office shit. I'm a fucking manager. I'm not a, I'm not a fucking personnel person. So he helps him through it. Like, so Bowley goes out and buys all these players, basically randomly, like some sort of supermarket sweet to- trolley dash. And then when it doesn't work, you know, it, it, after the first couple of weeks, he fires, he fires the coach. He's like, you are an insane fuckwit. But the odd thing about this is this guy was is the lead owner of the fucking Dodgers, who were an incredibly smart baseball team that had taken that yeah, but- kind of moneyball approach and applied it in big dollar formats, and they're a tremendous baseball team. So what the f- he must be taking a holiday from being thinking properly about fucking sport and just deciding to play um, monopoly fuckwit with the whole thing. No, see, th- this is the thing. I-, I-, I saw a couple of these these takes, you know, laughing at American owners trying to I- import. Well, singular, because it's mainly them. I mean, the, the main problem with the American owners previously was that they tried to make Super League happen. Yeah, but it's not it's not the owners that make NBA teams smart or NFL teams smart or baseball teams smart. It's their front offices, right? It's their it's their collection of, of, of talent. It's not uh, like- I think many- Bowley's relatively- well engaged, like he's he's essentially part of the front office of the Dodgers. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's weird then. <laughs> it's like it's like he's he's having a holiday from it. He's like a holiday from think being sensible. This is his <laughs> dirty like, weekend away I'm gonna, in I'm Europe. Gonna, I'm gonna get uh, I'm gonna get all my bad takes. Like, like I'm gonna get like all my fucking uh, all my championship manager fantasies. We 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 have to be you know reigns uh, sane rational people during the week, and then we get to get all our bad takes out in one go. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, just Ray Hadley it up completely. Uh, Probably should talk about f- just the fucking worst take I've ever heard. Ray, I mean Ray Hadley, who's a failed commentator and a failed a father of a failed son, so he's basically just a failure. Um, came out and claimed that the fucking uh, Caitlin Moran, not the not the English Irish comedian, oh, but, yes, but the, the NRL player posting a fairly blunt assessment of um, the the. The crown, shall we say? I think calling her a dumb dog was, you know, <laughs> essentially, and saying it was a fucking great day for for people. I mean, maybe a bit much, but probably not a worth li- having a little, a little blunt, shall we? A li- say. A, just a little rich, perhaps. But this, I understand the sentiment. Um, but claiming Ray Hadley, well, and, and, you know, getting she's got suspended for a game, which you think, oh, a game, a game is like twenty percent of their fucking season. And getting fined, uh, a suspended fine, fair enough, but a, a fine of, you know, essentially 20% of her, a quarter of her, her fucking wage for the year. Um, Ray Hadley's come out on the radio and said, basically, it was the most despicable act he's ever seen associated with the National Rugby League, with Rugby League. Hmm. Small, small problem there. Brett Finch. Is Brett Finch not associated with Rugby League? Yeah. Well, like... You could start a list of people and get to a hundred before you would get to that. Yeah, like, but I thought like- I'd just go. I'd go straight for for you know, kitty porn. I thought that that was probably more despicable. 
But sure, all the rape and violence and, you know, domestic abuse and, and, you know, John Alliance being caught with guns in his car and drug trafficking and, you know, all the other fun stuff that's going on in the rugby league. But no, somebody being mean about the Queen. You fucking irrelevant cock. Oh, just, I just, yeah, the NRL just blows my mind. You know, it was weird that the NRL went full AFL because that's the kind of shit you'd expect from the AFL. That's really disappointing to see the NRL going full AFL. Never go full AFL. <laughs> never go full AFL. Good advice for everybody. Yeah. And also never go full uh, late era black caps because they have definitely, you know, you know, sometimes in, in a in an individual sports person's career, they'll kind of hit the wall and then they'll, they'll drop a wee precipitous. Um, the black caps have kind of got to that point, I think. They are they are a new Nine Inch Nails remix album. They are further down the spiral than they've ever been before. Um, so it was, it was fun while it lasted, but they they are definitely going. Um, hopefully, they don't go full West Indies. Yeah, that would be disappointing. Well, the thing is that, that at least the West Indies had a glorious period. I mean, no one's making fire in Babylon two about fucking Trent Bolt, and Tim Southey. I mean, the big problem isn't isn't those guys. It's although. Tread Bold is actually finishing up his New Zealand contract to go and chase T20 money, as is, you know, various other members of that New Zealand team. It's just Kane Williamson is no longer the best batsman in the world. Ross Taylor's retired, and now the New Zealand batting lineup's gone back to just being a collection of, of people who are, you know, a collection of failed openers, essentially. Well, like, that's essentially the South African um, thing, too, isn't it? Like, Awesome bowling attack. Don't really have a gun batsman. They have like they have the the solid workman like batsman, but they don't have that one guy that can just you know take another team apart every now and again that makes your makes the other team scared of you. They don't really have that. So yeah, yeah. So they're doing all, they were though. doing all right, you know, against England, and then you know. England manufactured a way of, of making sure they didn't have to play the rest of the series. <laughs> Very cynical. Uh, yeah, Jesus, I, like- I did say, I, I, uh, if, if people who listen to this podcast are not fa- fans of the David Squires cartoon, just go and have a look at his just absolute brilliant skewering of the fact that the Premier League's on hold for the Queen. I mean, while everything else is happening. It's like, what? Yeah. It's, it's like it's like football has such a reputation as being the, the work, most working class of the sports, even though now you have to have, you know, you need to have a six-figure income to afford the tickets. They're so terrified of being seen to be doing the wrong thing. Meanwhile, all the establishment sports like cricket and rugby are just blazing on. It's it's so bizarre. That's so bizarre. So it's, it's yeah. so what they're terrified of. And, and the New King doesn't give a fuck about sports. Anyway, all he likes to do is fucking talk to his plants and cosplay as a tampon. You know that's that's what he's into. He's, he's quite an odd bloke. Charles I'm Charles not- Three, he is Chucky Three, which sounds like a shit slasher film involving a weird puppet. Absolutely. Well, the the, the similarities are pretty much there. Yeah, pretty much. He's um he's well down my king power rankings. I have to admit, he's definitely behind Brocky. Um, he's behind he's behind King Wally, even even as a New South Welshman. He's behind King Wally Otto from the Roy Nash G's old show. He's behind Elvis. 
He's behind. Were, he's behind LeBron. Even after LeBron did one of the most cringy fucking. I don't know whether you saw this, but he did an Instagram post with like him and all his family looking at very expensive and awesome and saying, "I just want to point out that America has kings and queens too," and you know, and it's like, oh for fuck's wow. sake, man, read the room, <laughs> Jesus. Ray Hadley was trying to find him a, a fucking twenty percent of his income. It's funny how he's behind Burger King. How funny! How much LeBron is just like the epitome of a dad joke for like for all his power and and influence. He he literally is like just a walking dad joke. Sometimes. But it's like if you're, it, it, but almost like Kyrie could just point at LeBron and say, "I learned it from you, Dad," because that relevance deprivation thing that that affects Kyrie yeah. clearly affects LeBron. He can't he can't deal with not being the center of attention. Well, it's the it's the Kanye West Jay Z generation. Yeah, I mean. like, yeah, particularly that's, that's particularly Kanye. Uh, Kanye, yeah, he's behind Burger King because the burgers are better. Although that's Hungry Jacks. Uh, he's behind King Crimson. He's behind Rodney King. And I'd bring that up just as an excuse to mention Dave from um, Drive Through Pod's fantastic tweet, which was uh, so that the uh, I think it was the LAPD when, when the Queen passed. The LAPD put a, a thing up saying you know the usual kind of our hearts go out to the to the the family so of queen. the queen, queen Elizabeth II, yada, 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 the usual kind of thing. You know. And Dave quite tweeted it by saying, these people do not want to see another king. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's, that, was a, that was a really it was a really fucking good tweet. Uh, on that note, Doc, shall we wind it up and come back to talk? If we're talking about, you know, friends of the pod's tweets, <laughs> I think it's probably time to back <laughs> off and, yeah. and head off and go and do something else. All right, this has been the Balls Podcast. It has. Enjoy. A back announcement. And we'll be back next week, question mark. Probably. Nah. Maybe. Nah. We'll see. Not not unless, uh, you know, the, the, the two dudes that own El Tassian by the Suns and I get very excited. I'm sure uh, Paul Allen's sister has probably got some spare money that she can, so she can <laughs> fling you a few pelican bones. All right, see you, Doc. Cheers, man. Gary has absolutely no idea what has happened to it. He still doesn't know. <laughs> <laughs>